What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of 305 Culture. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Motor City Hoops, Hashtag Lakers, Knuck If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer, plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. With the start of the NBA season in full swing, we invite you to come and hashtag PropOp on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. For example, in the NBA, you choose 5 out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018, and has thousands more guaranteed for the NBA this season. Use promo code JIMMY, that's J-I-M-M-Y, when you sign up today and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and hashtag PropOp today. What's up everyone? I'm your host JJ Rivera and welcome to 305 Culture, a show where you feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we had our first undefeated week of the season. We're currently riding the longest winning streak in the NBA at six straight wins. We're heading into the game against Atlanta tonight. By the way, this podcast has been recorded on Tuesday, March the 2nd, due to some some unforeseen issues this episode is going to come out a bit later in the week but we're, we should be back to a regularly scheduled programming back next week anyway the heat went 4-0 this week and wow what a heat what a week for a heat basketball suddenly we're we're back to being the talk of the nba people are finally recognizing that the team was not a a they were not the bubble frauds that people were, the doubters were calling us. So yeah, let's get into it and, and let's review the best week of Heat basketball in a long time. Let's start with Heat Thunder. The first quarter, very uh, a very, very deep three from Duncan Robinson, Robinson to start off the game. He had a couple of those during the game and later got off the ball screen by Kelly Olynyk. He freed up Kendrick for a three. Kelly's off the ball play this week and in the past few games has been superb. I'm starting to come around on him. I know I've been I've been a bit critical of him in the past, but I'm starting to come come back to see his impact. So I feel like yeah, maybe my criticism was a bit unwarranted. 
SGA Shagiogis Alexander was outstanding in the game against the the Heat. He was so good, and he he was he he made a couple of plays where he sometimes looked like the best player on the floor, even with when Jimmy was on the floor. Jimmy didn't have a particularly strong game, but by the way, in the fourth quarter, when which was when the when the game really went in Miami's favor, Jimmy mostly sat out that quarter. So it was. It was strange because Jimmy's usually the one that that makes that makes us go. But this this time around, it was you know we relied more on Kendrick and the other guys to to stay in the game. Off the ball movement in that first quarter was fantastic for Miami. With Jimmy garnering so much attention, he was finding Bam cutting to the basket constantly, and Miami what was having a beautiful beautiful shooting quarter from three, and Heck, even Max Struess showed a bit of his passing ability to a cutting bam in one possession. The quarter ended with Miami up 23-21. to Now let's move on to the second quarter where the zone defense, the, the 2-3 zone, was mostly working against OKC. Gabe Vincent has seen his, his minutes stay consist has seen his minutes stay consistently, you know, fairly high. Even when Tyler came back in the in the last game against the Hawks, although Jimmy was, I will say Jimmy did miss that game. So I would I would like to see what Spo does when Bradley comes back and everybody's healthy. I would like to see how the guard rotation looks like. The offense started to sputter a bit in that second quarter, and the Thunder were cutting and moving relentlessly and breaking down the Heat zone defense. They were getting clean shots, but they just simply couldn't hit him. The Thunder had to have the worst offensive rating in the NBA. And it was still, you know, that's that's the reason why the Heat were able to stay in this game, even when their offense was was sputtering a, a fair amount. KZ went, got, got action in that game, and in his first possession guarding SGA, he got beat off the dribble to the rim. That's something that Casey has to work on, you know. If I know it's frustrating for Casey fans, but he's he's gonna get he gotta do more with his opportunities. The Heat offense was struggling that second quarter. They struggled mightily. They were shooting thirty four percent from the field at one point during that second quarter, and Jimmy and Kelly at one point they started to double SGA because SGA was having a, a really strong quarter. Kelly committed a silly foul in that that possession. Bam got a second alley-oop and another deep shot from Duncan Robinson to keep Miami in it. And the Thunder were doing a really good job running Miami shooters off the line. They were selling out to contest those shots and they were playing pretty good defense overall. The Thunder are not a bad defensive team. They're, they actually can defend. And the half ended with OKC up 54-45 to and the game was looking a bit it looked like we were we might we might be in trouble. Some people on Twitter were compl- complaining that they would just switch the game off. I didn't, but you know it, it was a bit hard to watch. I'm not gonna lie. The third quarter, Duncan was probably our, one of the most or the second most valuable player for us in that game. His hot shooting was great. Really, he he was outstanding scoring the ball. He got a three off even when he was double teamed. Jimmy started Jimmy started to drive more to the rim, looking for fouls, which is his game. Drive to the rim, draw fouls. 
and Ban was doing a really good job whenever he got matched up with SGA. That he were putting more Bam, were putting Bam more on SGA since our guards cannot really stick with elite, you elite guard play. So it was a good strategy by Spo to deploy Bam Arbayo, the best defender on the team, on Shea Gilgis Alexander. There was a possession where Jimmy threw a wild layup. He he was just looking for the contact, but he didn't even get the contact. He just he just thought he got it, and he just threw up the layup. SGA again could not score on Bam, and Precious also also came in. He did a pretty nice job staying with SGA, but it was Bam's help and that possession that did the job. And by the way, Precious and Bam minutes, which is not something something we've seen very often this this season. Since, you know, both got Precious cannot shoot from anywhere outside the restricted area. And Bam, he can shoot, but mostly from the mid-range, and that's not really good for spacing. Also, Precious, Precious was still struggling. He had a really nice game against Atlanta, which we're going to discuss later. But yeah, he was, he probably, maybe he got out of the rookie wall. I really hope he did. The offense started to flow to end the quarter, and heck, even Andre Godala got into the action, and he dropped a three. Jimmy found Precious for an alley-oop. Max Strauss got a four-point play, and all of a sudden, Miami cut the lead to two, and they en- entered the fourth quarter with a lead, with a 79-77 lead. And that's when, the fourth, when, that's when they just took over the game. The fourth quarter, Bam got another alley-oop. Duncan made, a, made his fourth. Three. Andre Godala, best hands I've ever seen. Bless that man's hands. Those are those hands are hands are quicker than lightning. The zone started to work again. The Miami Miami Heat were packing the paint, and OKC were just settling for threes. And they're not a good three point shooting team, so that was a win for the Heat defense. Fl- a flare. There was a really nice play that I wanted to highlight. There was a flare screen from Duncan, where the Thunder. Where the defender thought that he he actually set the screen, and but Duncan got back to the line, and he was wide open for three, and he made it. Miami blew the lead wide open. Duncan on fire in that quarter. Miami at one point had a 15 point lead, and they ended up winning 108 to 94, 44 percent from the field for Miami. Not a really not a particularly strong offensive game in that first half. They made up for it in the fourth quarter, 15 for 40. From three, not great. Could be better. Thirteen turnovers, and we move on to the Heat Raptors game. Vice versa again for the Miami Heat in this game. Duncan started off from deep. This is really important. This is something that we're noticing in this in this win, during this win, win streak. Duncan, whenever he gets going early, that's a good sign for us. And I even asked myself, is it possible that Duncan has extended his range even more because he would. Those last two games, in the Thunder and the Raptors game, he made some really, really deep shots. Like they were, they were closer to half court than than to the three point line, and he just made them. That's today's NBA for you. Bam and Kendrick were de- are developing some really great chemistry on those pick and rolls. Bam is an excellent role man, and Kendrick has improved his playmaking, and he finds he's constantly finding the role man. For easy baskets. OG on Anobi. He was put on Bam. And actually he gave Bam some trouble. 
his long arms and his and he's got a strong frame. He actually could hang with Bam. And Bam was not was not particularly super duper effective in that game. There was a position where Bam were excuse me, where OG blocked the heck out of Jimmy Butler. And Kyle Lowry made a pretty good case for to trade for him. He was making a pretty good audition. Goran came back for this game after missing the the past two weeks, I believe, yeah. With an ankle injury, he came back, and it was so good to see him run the the second unit offense. However, you know, now, now that we were without Tyler Hero, Jimmy blocked the, the Jimmy man, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. Fred VanVleet had a beautiful stroke going in that game, man. He he's got probably one of the prettiest jump shots in the league, and you know he he was my. Toronto was actually matching Miami shot for shot in that quarter. They were really stroking it from deep. And Miami deployed a full court press, which led to a Toronto turnover of a DeAndre Bembry turnover. Iguodala, Iguodala has pro- had probably his best three-point shooting game of the season against the Raptors. But the Raptors were absolutely on fire. Miami had, had a chance to end, to end the quarter being tied at 32, but Norman Powell ended that with a deep shot. So the quarter ended with Toronto ahead, 35 to 32. In the second quarter, Vincent made a three. Finally, I was really, I was really troubled by Gabe Vincent's. You know, since he came into the Heat, advertised as a shooter, but he has struggled mightily shooting the three. So he finally made a three, and it was good. You know, good for him because he's a stroke really badly. <laughs> Chris Boucher from the Raptors. He had a play where Goran looked like he had a clean shot from three, and he just jumped up and he said that stuff back to the stands. And good job by Miami in that quarter. They were hanging around the game, even with Toronto's hot shooting. The defense started to pick up, and yeah, really strong quarter for Miami. They absolutely, they absolutely dominated that quarter. The Heat started to double Van Vliet since you know he was he was scorching hot from the field. And they were doing a much better job contesting shooters going out to the three-point line. And Jimmy was already on triple-double watch. He has been outstanding this season. I think that Jimmy should be... If he doesn't miss many games from here to, to the end of the season, he should be in contention for an all-NBA spot. Probably in the third team since the talent in this league nowadays is so great. But I think he should be in contention for one of the four spots on the all-NBA third team. Miami suddenly had a 12-point lead, and they entered the half, and they ended the half ahead, 66 to 56. However, Toronto in that third quarter made adjustments, and their shooters started to get open. Bands started to get double in the post, <clears throat> and Jimmy actually made them pay for for doubling Bam in the post. He made a three. Jimmy has actually shot the ball, shot the three a bit better than he has than he has in you know since we're used to seeing him. Particularly in the in a, heat, in a heat uniform, I don't know what happened to his jump shot. He, I don't remember him being such a poor shooter whenever he was with Minnesota, Chicago, or or Philly. But when he got down here to Miami, he his jump shot disappeared. Really strange. Some people say that so ever since his that wrist injury he suffered in Philly, the jump shot fell off. But yeah, well, maybe. Anyway, Miami start got six straight points the quarter to keep the Raptors at bay. Vincent made a, a three falling away to end the 
to seemingly end the quarter, but Van Vliet returned the favor. He fell down, he got up, and he got the shot off, and the Raptors were still in it. 92-85 Miami, and we move on to the fourth quarter. Vincent still shooting the ball well, 3-3 for him. He finally looks like he got his confidence back and he sh- and he shot and his shot back. He Jimmy made another 3. He got a great steal off of the of a pass. I don't I don't think there's anybody in the league that reads the that can read the passing lanes better than Jimmy Butler. And Van Vliet, there was a point where he made one basically from Mars, but that's the way he was shooting that ball in in the game. Jimmy made another 3. Jimmy that was his best three-point shooting game. In a Heat uniform. That was great. And it was an added bonus because the Raptors... The Raptor offense was really great in that game. Duncan... You know, Duncan made a great contestant on one, at one point. And I think Duncan Robinson is actually a decent defender. He may not have the lateral quickness to stick with with elite guards. But his long arms and his positioning, I think, make him a, a solid defender. He's not going to be on an all-defensive team anytime soon, but I think he's a he's serviceable, and he's he's active. He at least tries. He's not he he's not a I don't know whoever whatever player you think about that can that doesn't try on the defensive end. Miami at one point they looked like they were a bit in of trouble, but they grabbed they grabbed three straight offensive rebounds to seal the deal, and Miami got their fourth straight W, one sixteen to one oh eight. 46% shooting from the field from the Miami Heat. 17 for 38. Hey, 17-38 from, from the three-point line for the Miami Heat. And 11 turnovers for the game. After the break, we're going to discuss the best, probably the best Heat win of the season, which was against the Jazz. And then the Hawks, the Hawks game, we're going to award our Heat Player of the Week, and we're going to have a look at the week ahead. So stick around for more 305 Culture Talk. Hey hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. And we're back. Okay, let's discuss the... Best win of the year. I'm talking, of course, about the Heat Jazz game down here in, in the 305. This was wow. After be- getting blown out in Utah a couple of weeks prior, it was good to see Miami respond and how they've come together after such a, a tough stretch that they faced to start the season. And I'm really proud of the team of the way they've battled. I still feel like a move will be is coming. It is inevitable. Everybody in the media is talking about it. We all know it. 
But for now, let's enjoy this win streak. As long as it lasts. Let's move on. Let's talk Let's talk about the game. The first quarter, Kelly, again, beautiful off-the-ball play. I think I'm full, fully come fully come around, Kelly. Shout-out to the Common Sense Heat fan, fellow Puerto Rican, on Twitter. He has made a pretty strong statistical case for Kelly Olenek to stay in the starting lineup. And, you know, I'm starting to get convinced with the eye, the uh, he's also passing the eye tests. He's not shooting that the the three that well, but his off the ball movement has been really good, and he's he's actually he's actually been competent on defense and on the boards. Surprisingly, Jimmy was started off very aggressive attacking the basket. He, even when the best paint defender in the NBA, Rudy Gobert, was was there, he was not afraid. His aggressiveness got Bam some really easy looks at the rim too. And from the mid-range, Bam was shooting a lot of floaters in this game, but because you know we are facing the best, the probably the best defender in the NBA, Rudy Gobert. Gobert. So you know you need to deploy a different strategy if you want to score effectively around him. Kendrick shooting the three with confidence. Kendrick, I'm so happy to see him back. This is so huge for the team when Kendrick plays this way, because after his bout with COVID and the uh, Last couple of months, I pre- I'm pretty sure it was tough tough on him to lose his spot in the rotation. He went from a starter to not playing at all in the playoffs. So I'm really really happy to see him to see him play this way. Both teams started trading baskets with each other. The Heat offense is probably the best they've looked all season long, even against an elite defense like the Jazz. Do Jazz are a have a top five defense? The Heat. They have a pretty good defense too. They have a top ten defense, but the offense is not up to par with the Jazz, and yet they they, they hung with them. The Heat went to the went to the zone with Jimmy off the floor, and the quarter ended with Utah ahead thirty to twenty six. In the second quarter, Vincent found Duncan for a transition three to get him going. This is the best way. Again, as I mentioned, the. The games, the game flows better whenever Duncan starts off early with a three. He gains his confidence, and the the defense starts to loosen up inside since they have to be aware of one of the three best shooters in the league. So it was, it's a pretty good game plan to get Duncan going early. Vincent was doing a really good job sticking with Clarkson. By the way, this. The Heat did a really outstanding job defending Jordan Clarkson, who was the leading six-man-of-the-year candidate. Gabe Vincent made another three. Starting to look like his jump shot was coming around to the Hawk team. Miami complete is completely neutralized, completely neutralized Gobert on the boards, even with a smaller lineup on the floor. They were basically doubling him whenever a shot went up in order to secure the rebound because Gobert is one of the best rebounders in the league. I believe he's pr- currently second in the league in rebounds per game. He's around the top three. Around 13 rebounds per game. I know that because I have him on my fantasy team alongside Bam Adebayo. So, yeah. I have a bit of knowledge on the Utah Jazz. Also, Donovan Mitchell is on my fantasy team. And they've been good for me. They've been real good for me. Anyway, Mitchell comes on the floor and Jimmy comes in with him. Jimmy was the primary defender on Donovan Mitchell that night. And Donovan Mitchell, my god, that guy... He's a premier shot maker. One of the best in the league. 
we all knew that, but when you see him against your team, you realize this guy is outstanding and making ridiculous shots and and he he's one he should be he should continue to get better, really. Jimmy has a going had a going that night. He was making jump shots from the mid range, but he was still making jump shots and getting to the basket and re- being really aggressive. We and we needed that because Miami curiously could not get a stop. They they pride themselves on defense this season, but you know against probably the best offense in the league that's gonna happen, that's bound to happen, and you gotta match them basket by basket, and that's what Miami did, which you know not many teams have been able to do against this Jazz team. It's been twice now, it's twice that Jimmy attacked Bogdanovich whenever he got he went on him. Bogdanovich does not have the foot speed to stick with Jimmy, and Jimmy was getting fouls or getting offensive rebounds were keeping Utah. In the game, it was bound to happen. Jazz, best probably the best rebounding team in the NBA, well, or one of the best rebounding teams in the NBA, and they they were kept in the game due to their offensive rebounding. Miami Miami did a pretty decent job on defense in that quarter. Still, the offense was way better. There was a position where Duncan again off the ball movement. I think it's basically. Now that Clay's injured and he's probably gonna get sapped of that athleticism, I think it's probably Steph Curry and Duncan Robinson in terms of off the ball movement. Jimmy triple double watch already the second quarter. He ended the half with a dunk, and Miami went ahead fifty-seven to fifty-three, going into the half. In the third quarter, Donovan hit a very very deep shot, but Kelly answered with a fairly deep shot of his own, not a. Not as deep as Donovan, but they all count the same. Three-pointers. Ben is drawing Rudy out of the paint, and he was making floaters and mid-range jump shots, which, again, is a a good strategy. Because if you go at Rudy at the paint, you're going to miss probably most of the time. And Jimmy was on one that night. This was his best game of of the year, no question about it. Utah, at one point, they had I thought they had no answer for Jimmy. Jimmy was getting anything he wanted. But Donovan Mitchell, he was matching Jimmy. Jimmy was and Jimmy was defending him pretty well. He was right up his grill and Donovan just made just made a three right up in his face. Didn't care. And he was a he's a ridiculous shot maker. But good then good thing that Jimmy is hot. Was hot that night too. There was a position where Bam smothered Clarkson on a mid range jump shot at the top of the key. Clarkson Probably one of the big reasons why Miami was able to just to win this game was slowing down Clarkson. Well, basically eliminating Clarkson. He's been huge for the Jazz in the in coming off the bench. He's the leading bench scorer in the league at around 18 points per game, and the Heat did a really good job guarding him. He at entering the the fourth quarter, Miami was ahead 96 to 94. Here's a stat from the broadcast. Though, Jordan Clarkson at one point, at that point in the fourth quarter, he was shooting three for thirteen from the floor. That's horrendous. And your team is not going to win many games when you shoot when you shoot that way. Goran went right at Go. There was a position where Goran went right at Gobert at the rim. I just mentioned that whenever you go at Gobert at the rim, you're gonna lose most of the time. Well, Goran, who's not the biggest guy on the floor by a long shot. He went at him right at the rim, and he still finished. 
Duncan started to come alive in that fourth quarter. He had two threes. Goran was outstanding in the fourth quarter. He went at Rudy once again, and he got the finish. And Iggy, you know, Iggy's starting to hit the three lately. He's he's been shooting it pretty well in the last few games, particularly this week. He should he shot it pretty well. Goran was absolutely fantastic in that fourth quarter. Jimmy came back and Bam went out for a couple minutes there, but then Bam came back in. Jimmy delivered a crucial basket, crucial, crucial basket. It was a jump shot because the offense was sputtering a bit. The Jazz were locking it down, trying to get the win. And Goran drew a huge charge. Jimmy was clutch, put us ahead by four, and he closed it out the free throw line. The best win of the year for the Miami Heat. 124 to 116, 51% from the field for Miami, 14 from 30 for, for three, and 15 turnovers. That could be a bit better, but you know, I'm really happy. Let's just keep, let's just keep being positive. The Heat and the Hawks, Sunday night. First off, no Jimmy for that game. He had a right knee inflammation. Hope he's okay. I I certainly hope he's back tonight against the Hawks. We don't. We only have two games. This week, due to the All-Star break, we have we have the Hawks in Miami, and then the Pelicans in New Orleans, and then we go to the break. You know, people are, are complaining that Jimmy or Norbam didn't make the All-Star team. I see it as a blessing in disguise, because one, both guys are going to be absolutely fired up for the rest of the, of the season. Two, we have one of the probably one of the easiest schedules, second half schedules in the league to start to continue the season and with Jimmy and Bam fully rested they get a they get a, a couple of days off well it depends on if Bam decides to defend his skills challenge title which you know could be could be cool to see but I would rather have them rest Jimmy has been out he's been in and out of the lineup and that right knee inflammation it should be a cause of concern and Bam has been actually pretty banged up but he He's been on the injury report for a couple of games now, but he's playing. I would rather see them see them rest, to be honest, because this first off, there should not be an All Star game this season. But you know, the NBA loves his money, and there's going to be an All Star game, and I'm probably going to watch it because you know I love the product. But you know, there shouldn't be an All Star game. Whatever. Anyway, Tyler came back for the for the Hawks game, and we started off the game with a bam and one. The key for this game was to contain, the, the according to the broadcast, was to contain Clint Capella on the boards. And yeah, well, we didn't exactly contain him. He had more than, I think he had like seven offensive rebounds. He's the leading offensive rebounder in the league. He averages around eight offensive rebounds per game, which is, you know, that could really help us, but I don't think, but Clint Capella's not a good fit for the Heat. John Collins, though, Heat killer, 34 points in the game. Let's start with recap the first quarter. Bam, there was a possession where Bam did a beautiful job tracking the ball and swatting Collins' shot. And he had even Nikias Duncan, the great Nikias Duncan, he posted it on his Twitter account and he just said, Watch Bam. And that possession, Bam showcased why he's one of the best defenders in the league. He tracked the ball all the way. He went out to the perimeter. The perimeter player did a pass. Collins was in the paint, ready to shoot. And Bam came in and he swatted that shot away. However, Atlanta had went on a 9-0 run, aided mostly by heat turnovers in the first quarter. Bam was tireless on the boards. That was probably his best rebounding game, even though that 
that was his best rebounding game of the season. Particular, particularly in the fourth quarter, he had he grabbed a huge offensive rebound to close the game out. It was a it was a momentum swinging rebound, if I've ever seen one. Precious, this was his best game of the season. He suffered a mental lapse in the on, on defense in the first quarter and allowed Gallo a wide open layup. I don't think Spo was very happy about that. He probably got chewed out in the in the huddle. And Rondo beat the buzzer to end the quarter. Remember, remember Rosh on Rondo? I uh, did not before this game. I actually had hadn't thought about him in a while, and I I I think I had yeah I forgot that he was in Atlanta. And, oh, and by the way, after this game, Lloyd Pierce got fired, which I don't think. The Hawk, the Hawks should have done that because the the Hawks additions they've barely played this season. Bogdanovich hasn't played a lot. Chris Dunn has yet to play, and you know that's the reality of the NBA. That's why the Heat have one of the best organizations because even when we've struggled, and believe me, we've struggled, particularly after the the LeBron James departure, the Heat have stuck with Eric Spolstra, and he's rewarded them with some excellent coaching. And that's how e-culture is created. That's how you create culture. A winning culture in your organization. You stick with with your people. And you know, yeah. It's hard to sometimes do that. And you know, we've seen it multiple times. That sometimes a coaching change is needed. But I don't think this was the right move by the Hawks. Anyway, let's keep let's keep talking about the game. The second quarter. Gabe Benson's jump shot seemed to be back. But, it, but then it didn't come back. Duncan had yet to score. The the Hawks I actually were doing a pretty good job defending Duncan on the three point line. However, I mentioned that Gabe Benson's jump shot was not falling, but he he keeps showing his value. Very active hands on defense, doing a really good job of sticking with Trey Young. And he was he had an excellent sequence in the second quarter where he stole he stole the ball and he passed it to Iggy for a wide open dunk. Miami deployed their full court press and they Trey Young drew a foul, but still, I, I like to see how Miami sometimes randomly, they just deploy the full court press. When Gabe Vincent is on the floor, it's mostly it's mostly when they do it. Trey Young had yet to make a field goal at that point. He actually had a pretty bad game by his standards. You know, he had nine assists, but he didn't shoot it pretty well from the field. Most of his points came from the free throw line. Precious was really a serve on the boards. Precious was outstanding in this game. Well, not I wouldn't call it outstanding. He played really good on the offensive end defensive and he still needs to work a little bit particularly gym particularly beefing up and, and jumping him jumping a bit with with other players but you know that'll come Collins there, there was a point where Collins made it re- look really easy against Precious which is again to my point Precious you know Collins you know Collins was on one that night so you know maybe we should cut Precious some slack because Collins is the heat killer <laughs> he's one of the ultimate heat killers I really think we should try to and get him either in the off season or before the deadline because I think he could really, really help us. I think he would be a perfect fit alongside Ben, and they would be a front court to be feared for years to come. Precious, you know, he made up for his defensive mistake. He made up for it with a nice roll to the rim off a nun pass. Kendrick Nunn again, really good playmaking from him lately, and he. And he actually led the team in scoring that game as well. Precious had an offensive rebound. This is this was the Precious quarter. 
Precious was relentless on the offensive boards, and he made and he made his shots. Yeah, and he made his free throws too. He only missed one. The first free throw he took all game long, he missed, and then he made all of them. Trey Young scored on Precious on back-to-back possessions. This was the Precious quarter. It was the Precious experience, the, the Precious rookie experience. I think, but actually, I don't think Precious didn't do a bad job on Trey Young in those positions. Trey Young is just one of the best scorers in the league. They were pretty good contests, and he didn't exactly get by Precious. He just made some step back threes. Anyway, Miami went into the half ahead, fifty-four to forty-four, but this was a third quarter that what came after the after halftime. Bam was really good on the boards. Duncan finally scored, but John Collins was wow. John Collins had a, a great scoring quarter. It was third quarter season all the way, ladies and gentlemen. Kelly stopped the bleeding a bit in that quarter, and and the Hawks actually went ahead by one at one point after the Heat looked like they were in control of the game. Kelly stopped the bleeding, but John Collins was on fire. Precious was a force on the glass, and you know the the, the zone was not working against John Collins. He was finding those pockets of space, and he was making jump shots. He was making jump hooks. My God, that, that he had a really great game. The quarter ended with Miami ahead, seventy-eight to seventy-seven. But Miami was badly outplayed in that quarter. And in the fir- in the at the beginning of the fourth, they actually the game was pretty tight. Tyler started to heat up. He really struggled in the first three quarters, but you know, better late than never. And the three started to fall after struggling all night. The Heat really struggled shooting the ball in that game. 11 from 37 from deep. So that was not a a really that was not a really good shooting game for Miami. And they still won of the strength of their defense. They didn't allow the Hawks to get to 100 points. I, I was really was really scared that they were going to allow, allow the Hawks to break the 100 point mark. But because the Hawks started making some garbage time buckets. But they didn't make it. And I know it seems a bit trivial, but that you know that's something that I really like to see because in today's NBA, if you hold a team, if you constantly hold teams under 100, then you're doing a really good job. And we did, you know, we held two of our three opponent, two of our four opponents under 100, and three of four under 110. So good job, team! Really good job, Herder. You know, Herder was open a couple of times in that game, I'll admit, and he bailed us out missing all those open threes. There was a there was a point where the game was basically for the taking for both teams, but Bam grabbed a huge, huge offensive rebound. He that was pure a pure lead. that was purely effort. That offensive rebound. And Tyler put the exclamation point and the Heat went on a ten to nothing run to close out the game. And Miami won one oh nine to ninety nine. We're back at five hundred. Where the where the fifth seed, half a game behind the Knicks, the Knicks who people are I think overrating a little bit. There was a listen. You know what? We're not going to discuss the guy who tweeted the Julius Randle Chris Bosh thing because that was asinine. Sixth straight win for the Miami Heat. Longest win streak in the association. Forty five percent from the field for Miami in that game and fourteen turnovers. We already discussed the bad three point shooting, and the Heat player of the week is. Listen. I know he missed one game, but he was outstanding in those three games that he played. He was, he showed, he was, he was a top ten player in the NBA in those game in those games. Talking of course about Jimmy Butler, 
think this is the fourth straight week he wins it. 25 points per game, 7.3 rebounds per game, 9 assists per game. Outstanding play from Jimmy Butler this week. Let's take a look at the week ahead. As I mentioned, we only have two games this week. Hawks on Tuesday and Pelicans on Thursday. Those are winnable games, both of them. So maybe we could extend our winning streak to 8 before the All-Star break. Let's check out where the Heat rank. 24th in offensive rating, 8th in defensive rating. We're improving. 29th in turnovers per game. 15th in 3-pointers made, 29th. Offensive rebounds per game, 27th in rebounds per game. Improving. That's what we like to see. Improvement on all across all across the board. Let's hope that we can extend our winning streak. And let's hope that, that we have a fully healthy team after the All-Star break. Maybe Avery Bradley should be back by then. Which will then raise some interesting questions about the guard rotation. Anyway, thank you for listening to to 305 Culture. Subscribe to our feed wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. You can also listen to us on Dash Radio every Wednesday at 3 a.m. via the Nothing But Net station. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week.